Retained for the Defense by John Oxenford. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mr. Motley de Windsor, read by Adrian Stevens. Mr. Whitewash, read by Caveat. Mr. Ferguson, read by Alan Mapstone. Thwaites, read by Larry Wilson. Hawkins, read by Algy Pug. Agatha de Windsor, read by Elise D. Narrator, read by David Lawrence. Scene, a drawing room fitted up for an evening party. To the left, a card table. Doors, center and left. Thwaites, who has finished lighting candles in chandelier at back, center, steps back to survey the effect. Now that's what I call the real thing the clean grit the position of that bouquet is such that none but the purest taste could conceive those camellias chastity itself a fine combination cutting the turnips and carrots to make ornaments for the cold tongue choosing the bouquets at covent garden market mildly tempering the brilliant light of wax and gas with the soothing hue of flowers i have brought all my arts to bear upon this worry the party who is a greengrocer in the morning is the only perfect waiter in the evening enter agatha center southwaites the room appears quite ready yes miss agatha without exaggeration i may venture to say we are all lit up my father has not returned uh, no miss agatha he has not since he left the house at two in the afternoon i haven't the slightest notion where he has gone indeed <laughs> laughing sits left centre no though i did my best to ascertain are you going far sir says i he stares and he makes me no answer shall you be long sir says i he stares again and again he makes no answer because sir says i there's the party this evening i know that better than you do says he for i shall have to pay for it uh, just like him miss agatha <laughs> agatha aside vexed really pa must have a regular footman these trade people whom he engages as occasional waiters don't understand subordination a bit i hope you admire those bouquets miss agatha them camellias are quite the thing i flatter myself all my taste <laughs> you'd be called to-morrow the lady of the camellias most offensive rises and turns aside now i thought i had said something very pretty but she don't look pleased no one has arrived of course oh on the contrary miss agatha i'm sorry to differ from you but i rather think one has arrived and is coffeeing in the back parlour uh, here he is too enter whitewash centre mr whitewash as i'm alive no occasion to announce you sir Ah, my dear Mr. Windsor, excuse me if I stopped a minute to refresh myself with the diamasty of your choice mocha instead of flying upstairs, but you see, a cause in which I was retained came on late, and I was obliged to exert myself a good deal 
abnormally, if I may use the expression. In short, I was regularly knocked up. Don't think of apologies. As it is, you are the first in the room. So you have had another brief today. I hope you have been victorious. One of my most brilliant triumphs. I actually outshone myself. Thwaites listens. A rascal had stolen a watch from a gentleman's pocket and hid it. <laughs> in his umbrella. Oh, watch in an umbrella. Come, that's not bad. <laughs> huh? Looks half offended, then continues without noticing Thwaites. There is not the slightest doubt the scoundrel was guilty. Indeed, he had such a face that innocence would have been a positive fraud upon nature. But <laughs> I got him off. I got him off. A weeping jury declared he was not guilty. Capital. Which it is capital. Just like you, sir. White draws Agatha aside. I say, this person, rather familiar. Yes, I know. I'm quite annoyed. He's our green grocer. Pa jokes with him in the morning when he buys the vegetables, and now he's come to wait in the evening. He don't understand his position at all. I think I'll take the liberty of dropping a hint. I say, Mr... Thwaites at your service, sir. Cards ain't common our business, but my address is... Of your address, Mr. Thwaites, I have not the slightest doubt, but I would speak a word with you. And I'll listen if you talk for an hour. If I take up the newspaper, is it to read about politics? No. About plays? No, I should rather think not. About pictures? Ah, bother, no. I look to see if Mr. Whitewash has been saying something for some poor devil in the Central Criminal Court. That's my intellectual treat. White, flattered. Indeed. <laughs> really, my dear Mr. Windsor, we should do wrong to check this diffusion of intelligence amongst the masses. Enter de Windsor, centre. Here he is, is he? The dear boy. I must shake him by the hand. Rushes forward and grasps Thwaites by the hand. Eh? Ha! Ha! You're not whitewash. Ridiculous. I'm always making myself ridiculous. I have too much heart. You feel what I mean, whitewash? Shakes his hand violently. You feel what I mean? Most acutely. Wringing his hand. I'm so glad you are here before the others. Leave the room, Thwaites. Thwaites lingers. Moving at back to center. I can now disburden my heart. As I said, I'm all heart. Thwaites advances, center. Leave the room, Thwaites. Thwaites goes up and moves chair from right to center. This moment is the most important. Zoons, Thwaites, will you leave the room? Thwaites, aside, going up, center. That's the man of money. Give me the man of mind. Exit center. Left de Windsor coming to center. Now look, I hesitate no longer. I shilly shally no longer. I follow the dictates of my heart, and my heart tells me to come here, Whitewash. Come here, Aggie. Joins their hands. Consider yourself as my son in law. Really, this is very sudden, Pa. Of course it is. I'm always sudden. I'm a creature of impulse. But do you dislike the arrangement? I did not say that, Pa. Didn't say that, Pa? Then why don't you speak out? Wear your mind in your face, as I do, 
or as my young friend here with whom i want to speak a few words in private so go and see how they are getting on with the coffee right and don't forget that you are engaged to me for the first set and the polka and the lancers of course she won't forget run along child exit agatha center now i can give vent to my feelings whitewash you've done it i was long making up my mind but now you've done it you are one of the men i like shakes his hand violently they sit my dear sir i am most happy wringing his hand of course you are look you it's only now that i like you this very morning i weighed your merits with those of tom tango of the stock exchange who you know has a sneaking kindness for my girl and the balance was considerably in tom's favour he's a better-looking fellow than you and his conversation is more agreeable then what's a lawyer said i a creature all brains and no heart no heart sir but now i'm changed my views are more enlarged more expansive i have been dining out no i have been in the central criminal court during the cause the queen v porkins ah i see you heard my speech of the defence it was not bad was it it was noble it was glorious while i looked upon that poor man in the dock and i heard you enunciate his virtues and expatiate on the largeness of his small family he assumed in my eyes the sanctity of a martyr you don't say so perhaps you noticed that among the persons in the court one wept aloud very aloud i did the policeman turned him out i believe true <clears throat> some brutal occurrence did take place i was the man that wept sir you are the man that made me weep you touched my heart sir you touched my heart a sight really a most sensible old gentleman lingering at the door i learned that the prisoner was acquitted so i walked home and i said to myself whitewash is my destined son-in-law i as a manufacturer of fancy soap remove physical impurities from the skin whitewash effaces the blots that calumny has cast upon innocence innocence of course no one knows better than you that the poor persecuted being was innocence itself white coolly oh yes yes what delight you must have felt in restoring him to his weeping wife and those five small children wife children oh uh, i believe i did use the expression but there's a further pleasure in store for you you know i always follow the dictates of my heart well well my heart told me that society owed that poor persecuted being a reparation and was bound to declare that he had not forfeited his social position in a word sir i've invited him to my ball this evening white rises here to your house a fellow with the taint of the dock fresh upon him a taint that he did not merit a taint that you so nobly removed rises aside oh this is an old fool enter agatha centre and down left oh papa they are nearly all assembled in the other room come along then come along that i may introduce you as my son-in-law come defender of persecuted innocence 
white to agatha mind the first set the lances the come along taking his arm exit to windsor and whitewash center off left agatha looking around very foolish of my aunt not to fasten her bracelet better it can't be here i don't believe she has been in this room tut tut goes up right enter thwaites left mr pawkins enter pawkins left he bows on all sides as if the room were full of company exit thwaites boy i'm blessed if there's a soul here it's very inconsistent bowing to stew strings of nobody pawkins suddenly sees agatha right oh i beg pardon miss perhaps you may think it's like my impudence but is the governor in the the governor yes the governor here not my governor no bless you he's been under etches long ago i want mr i've got his letter somewhere mr he's something in the fancy soap line oh my papa mr de windsor him's it so he's your papa is he well then i say you do him credit i say it afore your face and i wouldn't mind saying it behind your back aside a singularly vulgar person but pa does pick up such strange friends in the city before we go any further i should like to settle one point i picked up this here jimcrack thing on the staircase producing bracelet from his coat pocket agatha right catches it from his hand my aunt's bracelet my dear sir a thousand a thousand thanks exit agatha center a thousand thousand thanks my dear sir too uncommon pretty behave young person a child will take a deal of whipping afore he gets up to that point of good manners a shilling slipped in one's hand would have given a finishing touch to the compliment but one can't have it all one's own way then her pretty smile were worth more nor a shilling a precious sight ah bless her art she had known fast enough that the man who picks up bracelets and gives them to the right owner ain't exactly the sort of article as prigs watches re-enter de windsor centre and down left really a charming scene most exhilarating sees parkins right eh why he's here at last pawkins the persecuted shakes his hand violently my dear sir i'm delighted to see you pawkins wringing his hands thank you petroria a little mild mr pawkins you are one of the men i like same to you sir you are mr de de fancy soap line sir de windsor well then sir two minutes ago i told the young woman she was a credit to you and now i don't mind telling you you're a credit to the young woman aside somewhat coarse but frank and genial you sent me a sort of note sir as the saying is asking me to come here but it strikes me there's some mistake not in the least mr pawkins not in the least take a seat pawkins sits right after pulling down umbrella right that's all right then at all events i brought the tongs in my pocket the tongs rather a singular proceeding 
And the shovel? No, get out with you. I mean the cooling irons. I begin to comprehend, Mr. Porkins. You are a hairdresser. No, that's where you put your foot in it. I ain't a regular hairdresser for a knobby concern like this. I cuts a little in the common way, but I am chiefly in the easy shaving line. I understand. You keep a hair-cutting saloon frequented by gentlemen only. I calls it a shop, sir. But if you calls it a saloon, it's very kind on you, and I'm much obliged. And if you calls my customers gentlemen, they ought to be very much obliged to you, too. Ha! <laughs> I wish he had been a little higher in the social scale. But no matter. His wrongs have been extraordinary. Society owes him an extraordinary reparation. Mr. Porkins, I trust Mrs. Porkins and the children are quite well. Mrs. Porkins and the children? Ha, ha, ha. Them's as well as can be expected. I see. A recent increase in the family. Recent gammon. Why, there ain't no Mrs. Porkins. There ain't even a young un. Bless me. I'm sure Whitewash talked about small children. Whitewash runs in centre from left. Mr. De Windsor, sir. Egad, the rascal's in full conflab, sir. Pushes himself between Pawkins and De Windsor, centre. Why, I'm blessed if he ain't my professional gentleman. Ah, sir, Mr. Whitewash is your true friend. No mistake about that. No, Mr. Whitewash, I'm a poor man. But if there's any way of showing my gratitude... There's an extremely cheap way. Make some excuse and take yourself off as fast as your legs can carry you. Ah, he is indeed a friend. Crosses to centre. Look here, Mr. Da... What's your name? There I stood reading the bill of the Royal Victoria Theatre. Something about Will Watch, the bold smuggler. When, as it was done a purpose... Someone smuggles a watch into my umbrella. Yes, yes, we all know about that. The story is exceedingly plausible, and I have told it already, much better than you can, in the presence of this gentleman. They lugs me about. They takes me off against my will. Well, then, now indulge in the free exercise of your will by taking yourself off. Some of the company pass across at back of centre doors, from left to right. Stop a bit. Though I mostly sticks to the easy shaving line, I've a mind as can soar to the higher branches. That ye head of ear is uncommon well got up. The one with the pearls, I mean. Just allow me to have a look, Governor. I'll be back in a twinkling. Exit Centre. Exuberant, unsophisticated creature. Oh, perfectly unsophisticated. I only wish he had not fixed on the only headdress in the room that gives a notion of positive value. No, no, I must not hesitate any longer. Look here, my dear sir, you are a man of heart. I may say a noble creature, and it's one of the specific weaknesses of noble creatures, to fancy everyone else as noble as themselves. Now, suppose this favourite of yours, this Porkins, were really a little light-fingered. Suppose the dazzling brilliancy of one of your tablespoons caused him to forget the distinction between meum and tuum. Under these painful circumstances, what would you say? I should say that you were the most lying humbug I ever clapped my eyes on. Hey, Day, why? 
why didn't you stand up before the judge and jury and bellow out your belief in that man's immaculate virtue did you not clap your hand on your heart and declare that our country might be proud of such a citizen and st giles in the fields proud of such a parishioner did you not cause me to blubber aloud till i was turned ignominiously out of court as a charity boy is kicked out by a beadle and am i to understand that all that rhodomontade followed by that expulsion was for the sake of a pickpocket abominable disgusting but surely you understand my dear sir that's when one speaks professionally sir no one has business to tell lies professionally or not a man should always speak what he thinks i follow the dictates of my heart and i always speak what i think my heart is in my heart and my heart is in my mouth what a complicated piece of anatomy you must be i say my heart is in my mouth then i wish you would swallow it and say no more about it yes i dare say you think that is a very good joke but what i am going to tell you is no joke if porkins is a thief you shan't have my daughter and tango shall monstrous not at all i give you my girl because i regard you as a noble defender of persecuted innocence but if persecuted innocence turns out to be low pilfering scoundrel i naturally retract but my dear sir the doctrine you so strangely maintain is diametrically opposed to the very principles of british jurisprudence it is one of the high privileges of our blessed country and of several others that even the vilest and meanest criminal is allowed a professional defender in the courts of justice sir it is one of the high privileges of our blessed country and of several others that a man need not give away his daughter where he don't like but sir by virtue of my profession i am positively bound to well i don't say you're not but an honest man sir should have nothing to do with clients that don't come into court with clean hands my dear mr de windsor borrow a little wisdom from your own business if everybody had clean hands what would become of the soap trade go go and defend every pickpocket forger coiner housebreaker in london i don't want to hinder you i only say that i won't give my daughter to a man who makes respectable people blubber till they are shoved out of court on purpose to defeat the ends of justice then sir i suppose because he furthers the ends of justice you could give your daughter to the hangman <clears throat> i shall not condescend to answer an argument so obviously sophistical i only repeat what i said before if porkins is a thief you shan't have my daughter aside reason is wasted on this old blockhead i must try another tack ah you have just passed nobly through the ordeal just to sound you i hinted at the remote possibility of porkins's guilt but he is in point of fact as we both know innocent as the babe unborn did not the jury say so however ta-ta for the present sir aside i must look out egad i was only retained as the rascal's counsel but i find i am his bail exit centre i'm sure he spoke of five small children no decidedly this legal morality won't suit me no 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 barrister for me decidedly a stock jobber enter thwaites center from right please sir the parties which is in the t'other room can't get on without you i'm coming bull and bears have the day exit center and off right 
followed by Thwaites, re-enter Whitewash, dragging Pawkins by the collar, from left centre. Come now, I say, draw it mild. You'll spoil my best coat. I only took it out of purpose to come here. Pawkins, we are alone. Pawkins, as your professional adviser, you are bound to tell me everything. Pawkins, when you came here, what was your intention? Why, I come dear in the hope of doing something in the way of business. Business, indeed. Why, there are all the streets in London open to your ingenuity, and you must pick out the residence of my father-in-law? Take stage to write. Pawkins, following him up. Well, I didn't know he's your father-in-law. And if it is, what's the hodds? This here Mr. Summit in the fancy soap line sends me a hen white, and so I comes with the tongs in my pocket. Well, it turns out he don't want the tongs, but he's taking it a lot to me. There aren't no fault of mine, is it? I never tries to be extra agreeable. Returns to centre of stage. Perhaps the miserable wretch has commenced already. What have you been doing with yourself? Why, I've been looking at them silver gym cracks on the sideboard. And I says to myself, My eyes, if one of them five thingamabobs, as don't seem no use here, belonged to me. Unhappy train of thought. Allow me for a moment. Puts his hand in the tail pocket of Pawkins's coat. What are you about? Professional, professional. Well, I always heard you lawyers with tidians for putting your hands in people's pockets. Pulls out tongs. What's this? A spoon? You're a spoon yourself. It's the tongs. For a wonder, he speaks the truth. Now, Mark, I'm your professional adviser, and I advise you to be off as soon as you can. Well, I don't mind. I've seen all there is to be seen, and it aren't half so good as Skittles. Between you and I, the governor here seems to have laid out a precious sight of money for very little fun. Enter to Windsor, right centre, and down left. Go. Cut short your moral reflections and go. Pushing Pawkins toward centre. Why, Mr. Pawkins, what's the cause of this singular hurry? Pawkins returns to centre. Well, I don't know. You see, I felt I was somehow in the way like. Nobody says nothing to me, and I say nothing to nobody. Besides, an affair of the most pressing importance. Very pressing, indeed. Humbug. You'll stop supper, my dear Mr. Pawkins. Oh, well, if there's anything in the way our wheels are coming, that ought as a view of the case. The supper will be served in silver plate. In silver. In silver. What? Real silver? Like that, out there? Don't bother yourself, Governor. I'll stop. Ha, ha, I've tickled my trout. The old gent is playing against me, that's certain. Re-enter Thwaites, centre, with a tray of ices. Thwaites! Thwaites, coming down, left centre. At your service, sir. Thwaites hands tray to Pawkins, who first takes an ice, then a spoon, and eats during the following scene. De Windsor, drawing Thwaites aside left. You observe that person? Yes, sir. I don't think him much cut, sir. If that man steals anything, you shall have a couple of sovereigns. No. 
spread out the plate as much as you can. Give him every opportunity. White, right, beckons Thwaites to him at back. Here, waiter. Thwaites, going to whitewash at back, right center. Yes, sir. If that fellow with the ice leaves the house without stealing anything, there's a five-pound note for you. To Thwaites, De Windsor walks round and round Pawkins, with handkerchief dangling from his pocket, during dialogue. The deuce! And do your best to keep the plate as much out of his reach as possible. Can't be done, sir. Can't be done. Governor orders the contrary. I can't make him out. Here, Pawkins, my good fellow, how do you like your ice? First rate. Beats the pennions all to shivers. Ha-ha! But now you have finished it, you have no occasion for the spoon. Takes it. Thwaites, on the other side, takes empty glass from Pawkins, and exits center. Oh, I can't make him out. I'll stick to him like a leech. Enter Agatha, center from left and down right. Mr. Whitewash, have you forgotten your engagement, the first quadro? Oh, fie, fie, they are waiting. I'm sure I beg a thousand pardons, but you see, just at the moment... Pockets the spoon. I can't make any on em out. White whispers to Pawkins. If so much as a salt spoon is missing, you are a dead man. Exent Whitewash and Agatha, center. I say, Governor, about our young friend here, when he's on the spree like, as he is now, don't you think he's a bit cranky? Do you think all's right here? Touching his head. If I behave like that to my young woman, wouldn't there be a row neither? Ah, <sighs> the card table. A trap I didn't think of. I say, Mr. Porkins, have you any objection to a hand at cards? Not a bit on it. Of course, you play a carte. Of course I don't. I never heard on it. Well, cribbage? I knows nothing of cribbage. Piquet? Eh? Piquet? Piquet? I knows nothing about Piquet. I was very nigh being sent to pick oakum. Well, what shall we play? Suppose we cut for a shilling a game. A shilling? Come, I was thinking of a fourpenny bit. But there's nothing like pluck, I say. I hopes you keeps your temper when you loses, for I give you fair warning. I shan't let you go till I got something out of you. Affected candour. But it won't do. They go up to table, left. De Windsor takes cards out of drawers of table, and they sit. De Windsor left, and Pawkins right. And they begin cutting the cards, staking money as they play. Well, if you are a-going it, you are... Plays again. Aside. Governor can't become any old soldier. Oh, it's a do. A no mistake. I must have an eye on this old bird. Enter Whitewash, center from left. Thank heaven I'm free again. What, cards? The devil. Steals up to table and whispers to Pawkins. Lose. Eh? Lose, I say. Ain't it? I have. De Windsor sees Whitewash aside. Oh, I see the rascal's had his cue. There, I shan't play any more. You've got your free bob, and if you ever catch me at it again, it'll do you good. Rises and goes forward. 
aside to whitewash one good turn deserves another i'll give you an int don't let the old governor there get you down to cards he's a downian he is let me see rings money on table no nothing wrong i have not caught him yet enter thwaites centre from left announcing mr ferguson enter ferguson centre from left de windsor goes up to centre door to meet him it's a gent as knows more about me than i want goes across to right for umbrella ah the owner of some stray pocket handkerchief make a rush at the door pawkins crosses to left down stage bolted by jingo this last stroke will finish me de windsor coming down right centre allow me my dear mr ferguson to introduce you to my intended son-in-law fergus downright sir allow me to congratulate you on your very interesting position mr whitewash sir is one of the brightest ornaments of the legal profession and this gentleman is one of his most ornamental clients very much delighted bowing to pawkins hey day he is certainly a party who has taken me by surprise what do you mean i mean that a certain party a friend of mine found that party pointing to pawkins in his cupboard at three o'clock in the morning all right you are quite sure of your man oh perfectly aside seeing that the friend was myself goes up a little de windsor rubs his hands capital capital tango wins the day white seated left centre father-in-law looks pleased that's unlucky rises come here my orator come here my cicero i've a bit of news for you tango will have my daughter ha 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 pokes whitewash in the ribs what sir you are man of heart who have given your word to me yes if porkins turned out all right but he don't he don't he don't ha 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 mr de windsor allow me to remark that an innocent man's character is not to be impugned without sufficient ground come here porkins whispers to him brazen it out porkins a malignant calandra says you are a fishy but you ain't are you not as i am aware on then most respectable mr porkins what were you doing in a certain cupboard at three o'clock in the morning ah the case is desperate and a desperate effort must be made agatha and several guests enter from left centre and form an audience right listen all parties present well talk away and make the best of it look at the face of this worthy man porkins get into the dock places him on chair left and turns another chair round to lean on etc examine every liniment on chair left come come you do make one look such a fool believe me this excellent man is one of those rare natures that are seldom to be found ask the independent electors of marylebone whom they would place in the van 
I've been in the van. Whom they would place in the van as the staunchest champion of their interests. They will answer, Porkins, ask the poor. White takes tongs from his own pocket. Them's my tongs. White throws them on table. Ask the poor, the suffering poor, whom they regard as their kindest benefactor. They will answer, Porkins. Aside to him. Cry. I can't. I say, ain't you pitching it rather too strong? They say we were found in a cupboard at three o'clock in the morning. Well, we admit the trivial fact. We were in the cupboard. No, no, no. Though we have every high virtue, we are still but human. We have hearts not altogether unsusceptible to female beauty. Ferguson comes forward, right, in great agitation. Do you now persist in asking why we were in the cupboard? Well, then, we were there for the sake of one of the fair sex. But, sir, there is a husband. Now he's done it. A husband? Do you call that a husband? As Mr. Justice Blesswell remarked in the great divorce case of Martha versus Bangwife, such a wretch is not worthy of the name of a husband. A man who indulges in large potations, comes home at little hours, and is limited in his notions of crinoline? Bangs chair during speech, then turns it and sits. You'll smash that ear chair. But, sir, I'm the husband. White rises and goes to Parkins. That's awkward. Yes, it is awkward. But we won't flinch. Mr. de Windsor, I must say your society is not the most select. Pulls chair from under Pawkins. Fergus crossing to left and collaring Pawkins. And now, you villain, you destroyer of my domestic peace, what have you to say for yourself? Why, I cannot say nothing. Why you guys on choking me like that? Ferguson lets go. Oh, that's better. Well then, I didn't have no thoughts about Mrs. Ferguson. Mrs. Ferguson didn't come up to my ideas of female beauty. Snaps his fingers. That's for Mrs. Ferguson. If you all tear from me the secrets of my art, I come out of Jemima, Mrs. Ferguson's young woman. There now. He knows all about it. I've told the truth, and I can shame. Ferguson. Thwaites comes forward left. Uh, so, Mr. Parkins, it was Mrs. Ferguson's Jemima, was it? Are you aware, sir, that I pay my attentions in that quarter? Are you aware that I'm Thwaites? Are you indeed? Who says you ain't? There ain't no advantage in being Thwaites, as I sees. I don't want to be Thwaites. You're one of them swells as takes out a young woman on a holiday and grumbles at the expense all the blessed way there and all the blessed way back. You prefers the apney boat to the penny, and you prefers walking to hither. Thwaites, you ain't the favoured man, so drop Miss Jemima. I don't say what I'll do if you don't, but just take an int and drop Miss Jemima. Agatha and de Windsor come forward right. Really, Papa, this is an extremely vulgar scene at our party. Disgustingly so, my dear, but join the guests and make the best of it. Agatha retires up. White comes forward centre. Well, father-in-law, I hope you are satisfied now. Mr. Porkins, 
i have an apology to make to you you'll think it very absurd but i i <laughs> i scarcely know how to express it but i actually took you for a thief you ain't the first else i shouldn't have been tried at the whole bailey this morning look ye a fellow chucks a watch into my umbrella yes yes we know all about that besides you are completely cleared perfectly your character is as cloudless as a fine day in july and i am about to give you the most convincing proof of my confidence he's going to ask me to shave him i have long been looking out for a man of indubitable integrity to act as my cashier i keep nearly the whole of my fortune locked up in a strong box so i may as well give you the key now about to give key whitewash hastily comes between them white centre intercepting no no what are you about a thief a common pickpocket <laughs> victory you admit it do you retires to guests right caught by all that's unlucky come i say master this here won't do when i looks black you makes me white and when i'm whitened you makes me black i've a jolly good mind to oh go to the devil enter thwaites centre from left with a letter thwaites to whitewash please sir a known party as calls himself your clerk has brought this gives letter to whitewash whitewash opens letter at first with indifference but proceeds to read with eagerness. De Windsor, Agatha, and Ferguson come forward right. My dear, this matter is settled. You shall be the wife of Mr. Tango. Ma, papa, how shocking. Fergus coming down right. I beg your pardon? You don't mean Tom Tango of the Stock Exchange? Yes, I do then you haven't heard the news he was declared a defaulter this very afternoon the devil one swindles another tells lies where can i find an honest man white rises having been seated while reading letter here leading pawkins forward look at that face and read that letter gives it the sum and substance of it is this. A notorious pickpocket has just been arrested and retains for me the defence, confessing that he threw the watch into Porkins's umbrella. Does he? Then there's some good in the wagabone after all. Well, as a barrister who twaddles is better than a stock jobber who waddles. Here's my daughter. Joins the hands of Whitewash and Agatha. Ah, very good joins hands and gives a paternal blessing all right and proper what good comes to me on it all it strikes me you are a rum lot you are this is here venerable party de windsor asks me to his house gives me a heist which doesn't agree with me and does me out a free bob at cards here's another chap ferguson as talks as if he had gooseberries in his mouth and tries to stop my windpipe then here's a sort of costermonger in disguise. Thwaites. It's interferes with my young woman. And here... Whitewash. Here's a wust villain on em all. Ladies and gents, if I'm in any trouble touching your goodwill, 
him's the party you must pitch into cause why don't you see he's retained for the defence that won't do i haven't had a refresher haven't you then take your refresher there points to audience that's my refresher give me them ear parties on my side and hang me if i want any defence at all end of retained for the defence by john oxenford